My thought this morning is old, bitter, and rejected. Ah, my friends, my precious friends, it's me, it's EDB, it's Eric Deshaun Barrett for Long. And today, if you're listening to it, when it's released on Sunday, September the 13th, 2020, then it's Grandparents Day. And if I could just have a moment of candor right quick, because today is a... Well, I don't want to call it a sad day, but it, it's, it's a day where EDB had to check himself. I had to check myself because I had to be reminded that it was Grandparents Day. And me of all people, having to be reminded that it's Grandparents' Day is asinine. But it's true. Someone had to remind me that it's Grandparents' Day. I had to keep repeating that so you can feel my pain and frustration. And so since I was reminded of it, that led me to really have to understand what Grandparents' Day is where it came from, so forth and so on. And so at this moment in time, if you'll allow me, I would like to just to express to you, I would like for us to understand the significance, the importance, and dare I say what one young person at the time of his request thought why we needed Grandparents Day. Uh, the young man, age nine, in the year 1969. So he was born in 1960, just in case you didn't know. Named Russell Copper. He sent a letter to then President Richard Nixon suggesting a special day be set aside Grandparents Day on June 12 of the same year he received a letter back from Rose Mary Woods she was at the time the personal secretary to Richard Nixon and it read Dear Russell Thank you for your letter to President Nixon. Your suggestion regarding a Grandparents' Day is appreciated, but the President ordinarily issues proclamations designating periods for special observances only when a congressional resolution authorizes him to do so. Since that letter... Marion McQuaid was recognized by uh, the Senate, in particular by Senators Jennings Rudolph, Robert Byrd, and by then President Jimmy Carter as the founder 
of National Grandparents Day. McCabe made it her goal to educate the youth in the community about the important contributions seniors have made throughout history. She also urged the youth to adopt the grandparent, not just for one day, a year, but rather for a lifetime. And in February 1977, after this moment of grandparent celebration had gone on, that day that young Russell Carpenter at that point was nine, now in 1977, he was, what, 17? He got his wish. And the first Sunday of September after Labor Day became National Grandparents Day. And this was the part that puzzled me and where my thoughts have been all week. The statue states, the day of purpose to honor grandparents, to give grandparents an opportunity to show love for their children's children and to help children become aware of strength, information, and guidance older people can offer. That is the mission statement of Grandparents Day. This moment right now, realizing and recognizing what is at stake on this day, I would like for you to do me a favor, if you would. I would like for you to, over the next minute, maybe write a note to your grandmother. Understanding or either seeking to understand what exactly is going through her brain. To your grandfather, understanding the struggles that he dealt with. Maybe he fought in the wars. Vietnam, Korea. Dare I say he may be a World War II vet. The bottom line is, send him a note. Send her a note. And more importantly, think about them. Think about what pieces of wisdom they have in their head. Think about their life. Go ask mama. I almost be willing to guarantee you, if you went and asked mama right now, she would agree. Grandma and grandpa would all gather around this one thought. Regardless of what was going on in their world, regardless of what life had done to them or was doing to them, this right here is what might at some point come out of their mouth. I'm calling Savior, Savior. Hear my humble cry While on others thou art calling Do not pass me by I'm calling Savior Savior 
My friends, again, if you're listening to this when it's released on September the 13th, 2020, it's not only Grandparents Day, as we mentioned earlier, but this is our Sunday meditation. And so if you think about it, I'm sorry. First of all, let me just say that I'm sorry that we're now nine, ten minutes in and we are just mentioning what's going on. But again, if you think about it, We took the time to explain this unforgettable day that is for some reason completely forgotten. And yet, or as should I say, as well, we took the time to write our parents, our grandparents more specifically. Or we will do that down the road, that's fine. We've had a moment to think about them, to process over them. But now... I would like us to take a moment, if we can, to just meditate lyrically. You know, I I was thinking, I do a lot of that, especially this week, about how these songs, especially if you grew up in a more traditional church, you can get through uh, a hymn, introduction, conclusion, and all. In about two, three minutes. The introduction being the when the organ starts up, like it's a dar, 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 you know, and then after it does that for like 30 seconds, then you sing the song, and then after that it has that long, you know, something like that. Anyway, all that included. And the preacher announcing the song, you gotta add that in there too. About two, three minutes. You don't really know what you sang. You're just reciting it to a tune. So that's why I like to read these songs. I like to read them and really hear them. Today's song is by George Thomas Cotter. Coster. Pardon me for butchering your name, kind sir. He was a South England poet who spoke of a moment in life when the struggles of same as, well, it challenges the soul. The time when the most confident struggle to find themselves and the strongest of them all, like Superman, meets their kryptonite. What do you do? How do you deal? He believed our lyrical meditation today gives us the answer. So, if you'd allow for two things to happen here. Number one, for Sister Clarice Smith to read it to us. And for Grandmama, my dear Grandmama, to respond in prayer. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. March on, O soul, with strength, like those strong men of old who gainst enthroned wrong 
sit confident and bold, who thrust in prison or cast to flame still made their glory in thy name. The sons of Father, we by whom our faith is taught to fear no ill, to fight the holy fight they fought. Heroic warriors, ne'er from Christ by any lure or guile enticed. March on, O soul, with strength as strong the battle rolls gainst lies and lust and wrongs. Let courage rule our souls. In keenest strife, Lord, may we stand upheld and strengthened by thy hand. Not long the conflict, soon the holy war shall cease. Faith's warfare ended, won the home of endless peace. Look up, the victor's crown at length. March on, O soul, march on with strength. Most gracious and all-wise Father, we come this morning saying thank you. We thank you, O God, for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you, O God, for being grandmothers and grandparents. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, because you've given us a great opportunity to speak to our grandchildren. Speak and let them know that you are a sweet Savior. To let them know that you are in control of every situation. To let them know, O oh God, without you, they can do nothing. And God, this morning as we come, we lift up out there in California. We lift out there in Arizona. O oh God, where the fires is just raging. God, we pray this morning that you will send rain. Rain, rain, rain. Rain down on them fires, God. Oh, God, everybody out there just losing everything. But, God, you are in control. You seize, oh, God, and you hear us. Look on the military this morning. Those, oh, God, out there on them battlefields, God. Those in them camps, God. Grandchildren out there everywhere, God. We pray for them this morning, God. We pray that you will encourage their hearts, God. We pray that you will be that great protector for them this morning, God. Oh, God, we lift up this world. Oh, God, our world is in a turmoil. But, God, we know that you sees everything, you hears everything, and you knows everything. And, merciful yeah. Father, we just put it in your hands, and we say thank you. Thank you this morning for giving us this great privilege, oh, God, to come before you and to lay our petitions out to you, God. Oh, merciful Father, we just thank you. We praise you this morning, God. Oh, God, hear our cries this morning. God, our hearts, some hearts is heavy this morning. And God, they need encouragement. Oh, God, let them know that you are in control. Let them realize yes. that you said you will be with us, oh, God. You will go with before us, oh, God. You will yes. make God. We don't see, but God, we know you see, God. And God, we put it all in your hands this morning. We said thank you. 
We thank you because we know that you are truthful. We know that you don't lie, and we know that you're going to work it all out. It may not come when we want it, but God, we know it's coming. And we just said thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. We give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. 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 Well, we've listened to the lyrics, we have prayed, or had the response from Grandma. Now I think we should get a little wisdom from Grandpa. What do you think? I think Brother Dennis, I don't want to say Papa Dennis, I don't think he's going to feel too cool about that, but, you know, I think he's got something that makes sense. If we're looking for wisdom from grandma, this day and this moment is supposed to be a time for us to glean, if you will, from grandma and grandpa. Well, I feel that it's a perfect time for us to glean. So if you don't mind, just a little bit and let Reverend Dennis, Brother Dennis, share what's on his heart. Then afterwards, if you don't mind, we're going to listen to Mama Bell play. And then after that, we're going to have a conversation that really spoke to me about this here we call Grandparents Day. Are you blessed this morning? Yes, you right blessed. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. You know what makes you blessed, right? Come on. What's blessing? Where does blessing come from? What? Who in? Uh, who gives us this blessing? What do we have to do? Do we have to earn this blessing? No. I think. Ooh, come on now. Uh, we're going to talk about blessing, where it comes from, and we're going to jump all the way back to the Old Testament. We're going to look at Psalms uh, uh, and uh, Psalms 32, actually. Uh, verses 1 through 4. And this is uh, David talking, and he's talking to God. Uh, like, he talked to God a lot in his uh, in his time and in his kingdom and uh, growing up. And David was a, a man of God, a man after God's own heart, as God called him. And uh, God called him to be king, and uh, God called him to, to lead the, uh, the Israelites uh, against the uh, against uh, Goliath and the Palestinians and, and just throughout his life David was called to do a lot of things for God and, and for the uh, for the advance of God's kingdom but David had the tendency to to do David's things too uh, in this part of his life David was was uh, a rebellious person I would say because he said, ah, God's doing great things for me, and I'm doing great things for the people, so I can do great things for who? For David. He was become, He let his pride get in his way. He let his own uh, agenda, so to speak, jump out at him. And uh, this is a time in David's life when he, he, uh, he, he realized that uh, he was in trouble, and he needed help. 
and the only uh, person that could give him that help was, uh, you know, his God, his Lord, uh, his Savior. So he prayed to God, and he, he talked to God, and, and, and uh, God showed him what it, uh, what it was that he needed to do. And uh, David accepted the things that God, uh, I want to say, put on him to uh, to make him stronger, to make him realize that, uh, okay, you goofed up, now you have to suffer the consequences of, of what you did. But... I am still there, and I will still be in charge. And this is what David was talking about in uh, uh, Psalm 32. It said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man who the Lord does not impute iniquity. And in, in his spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent. My bones grow old and my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me and my um, vanity was turned into the drought of summer. Amen. And, and so David's talking about, okay, <laughs> you know, I goofed, I need help. And, and when I wasn't listening to you, what happened? He was having problems, right? Have you ever felt heavy? Have you ever felt your bones groaning? Uh, you, you, you weren't yourself. You were like, okay, um, I need to get back where I was. How do I get back where I was? Uh, when I was following God, I was being blessed. I was being taken care of. And, and everything that I, uh, when I prayed to God, he forgave my sins. But when I didn't ask for his forgiveness, his hand was heavy upon me. Do you feel like the pressure, the pressure of the world is on you sometimes and you need help? Uh, the pressure of your grandchildren, your pressure of your kids, pressure of your job, the pressure of your own mind is pushing on you and you, and you don't know where to turn. Uh, and you know that you can turn to God and he will give you that uh, strength. He will, he will get, pull you out of the drought of your life and put you back in, into his blessing, blessing that he provides for us and gives to us. You know, uh, I, uh, a lot of things in my life, um, you know, removed me from the blessing of God. And I knew that, you know, sooner or later, uh, you know, uh, fortunately, I, I did work my way back into, into uh, having God be the center of my life. And, um, and, and now I feel blessed. I feel blessed when I wake up in the morning. I feel blessed when I see my family and my, my children and my grandchildren and, and, and the love that they show to each other and they show to me. Uh, and that's a blessing to me. It's a blessing that I know that God's forgiven my sins regardless of what uh, Satan tries to tell me. You know, my sins are forgiven and I have to understand that. And when I start to feel heavy and sad in my heart because... Uh, Satan is working on me and trying to get me to to fall back into that that life or or even that mindset. It's not so much the life; it's the mindset that sometimes uh, creeps into our our lives and into our trying to mess our spirit. And we have to get out of that. And the way we get out of that is we we thank God. We thank God that we are blessed. We are. We thank God that we we can do things for each other. That we can lift other people up. That we can lift ourselves up. That we can ask God for that protection, that that 
that strength that only He can give us, the strength that we can withstand the, the temptation and the, the evil thoughts and just the craziness sometimes that that uh, the world and Satan puts in our minds. Um, sometimes we just have to go, okay, <laughs> you know, we we. Uh, we, we just have to surrender and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for me. Just give me the strength to face tomorrow. Give me the strength to face my boss, uh, my teacher, my my brother, my family, whatever it might be. Just And give me the strength to act like I should towards them. Not like I, I, I have resentment, but that I have love in my heart. That, um, you know, I, I would do anything for them. I would, I would show them the love of Jesus. And, um, you know, regardless of how uh, we uh, we sometimes think or sometimes Satan makes us think, oh, well, you know, they're not going to appreciate. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They appreciate. Well, God appreciates. And that's what we have to understand. God appreciates how we act and how we perform our lives. I have... I have conversations every Saturday with my older brother, and I do say older because he is that, uh, and that has been going on for years and years, and I thank God for that. And we often talk about family and, and how uh, our parents shaped our lives and how, um, you know, our, we are thankful that uh, our parents never showed any uh, prejudice towards anybody, regardless of how they acted and and how they, uh, whatever they might have done towards us, um, you know, uh, my mom always say, you know, always kill them with kindness. And, you know, as growing up, I, I understand that, you know, if you're kind to somebody sooner or later, that kindness will come back to you. Uh, that love that you're showing them will come back to you. And that's what God teaches us, and that's what David's talking about in, in the Psalms here. You know, he, when he was away from God, his bones were groaning, groaning and hollering, and, and he was suffering, and he didn't know. He knew that he had a return, return to God because God forgave him, and God opened those doors for him. And, and we have to really work on that and be who God wants us to be. You know, we have to be uh, more Jesus-like in our lives. We have to be more um, just at peace with who we are. And the only way we can get that peace is, is through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we can say, I am blessed. I am blessed by the Lord because I am following the Lord and I'm listening to the Lord and I am shunning Satan away from my life, and I am shunning all the bad things that, that come in front of us, and, and that I know that if I ask the Lord for that forgiveness and for that strength, he will provide it, and he will protect me, and uh, he will make me a better person. And regardless of what I'm going through, the Lord is always going to be there. He will always be there. As he is in the beginning, he is in the end, and we have to remember that, and we have to thank him for that. And we have to thank him for what he's done and what he's going to do. Regardless of how it plays out, we know that he is the one mm. that's in charge and he is the one that's going to protect us. And we have to just thank him and and be blessed by who he is through our lives. Amen and amen. Thank you. Amen. This morning, 
we're going to find ourselves in Ruth chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 11 through 13. Ruth chapter 1, verse 11 through 13. I'll point out right here very quickly that we're going to, after our call today, share uh, some important things about Sunday and, excuse me, Wednesday and other things that we have coming up. So you just hang around with me for a good five minutes, 10 minutes max, 15 minutes just in case something happens. We'll be all right. So Ruth chapter 1, verse 11 through 13 is where we're going to be. And it reads, but Naomi replied, return home, my daughters. Why do you want to go with me? I am unable to have any more sons. Who could become your husband? Return home, my daughter. Go on. For I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me to have a husband tonight and their sons, would you be willing to wait for them to grow up? Would you restrain yourselves from rebellion? No, my daughter. My life is much too bitter for you to share because the Lord has turned against me. My thought this morning is old, bitter, and rejected. Old, bitter, and rejected. Now, our Father, I ask that you will allow me to present your case today. That these, your spiritual jurors, both listening now and forever, will without shadow or doubt see clearly what you are saying to us. In Jesus' name I ask, and those united in that prayer declares. Amen. 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 Today, if I may, please, first have a moment of confession. I must tell you that I've not this week done the intensive amounts of study I usually do for these conversations. Rather, I spent most of my time pondering and lost in deep thought. I, for the most of the time, pondered over the same question. Every year since the mid-1970s, Grandparents' Day has been a nationwide time of reflection. Yet every year it is seemingly lost 
tucked away and forgotten. Nobody really thinks about Grandparents Day. It's not a part of the conversation in the marketing calendar. Churches don't really pay attention to it, at least none of them that I've really been a part of. And even the card section of our local drugstores aren't as generous to grandparents as they are to others. Why is this? Why is society, most society members of these states united, ignore arguably the most significant group of people on planet Earth? According to the Center for Disease and Control, about 3% of children nationwide live apart from their parents. And of those, nearly two-thirds are being raised by grandparents. 3%. You think of the number of children under the age of 18 in these states united, just after the Korean War, the amount of children increased from 47.3 million to 71.1 million. In 2010, it took a little dip to 73.7 in 2012. But since then, the numbers remained somewhere between 73.6 and 73.7. It's projected to do a little increase. I guess mamas and daddies are getting a little happy right around now. I mean, they've been at the house, you see. So, you know, you got to expect that's going to happen. Round ball December, January, February 2021. Go ahead and look for it. You're going to see it. Go ahead. All right. You, you get your mind right. Don't, don't be surprised when you get a few calls. They've been at the house for now six months. Uh-huh. I'll leave you alone because I don't want to make you nervous. So 3%. The seven to 4 million equates to 2.2 million people. To put that in the context of all the grandparents raising kids were placed in one city. We would call it either Houston, Texas or Chicago, Illinois. My sweet granny called me the other day to nicely tell me the coming Sunday, this Sunday right here, it's Grandparents Day. And I had to pause. I had to question myself. I can remember the 4th of July when the significance of that day where I'm concerned, or many is concerned for that matter, it's questionable as, as it pertains to people of my ethnicity. I can remember both Mother's and Father's Day when, well, refer back to my previous train of thought. And we should gladly move on. Yeah, we're going yeah, yeah, to just stick to my previous thought and I'll leave that alone. I can even remember Easter. Who could forget Easter? One cannot call themselves a true person of faith. Forget about Easter. That is the most important time of the believer's life. That is when we reflect on the sacrifice made by the chief creator's son. When he thinks 
thought it not robbery to lower himself. We know the story. But isn't the first commandment with promise that we love our neighbors as we love ourselves? As I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation today, I've been doing some serious thinking this week. I began to think about our immigrant brothers and sisters. I thought about their understanding of family. I don't know if you've noticed it, but you don't typically see little Mexican babies, Indian babies, or just immigrant babies running around grocery stores. I actually, this week, took a trip to the grocery store to prove my theory. Stayed there a couple hours. Don't see them. Oh, you see the Mexican men and the Mexican women. But even they are somewhere between my age, slightly higher, maybe around about 40 to 50. But before a certain age, you don't see them. And after they reach a certain age, you don't see them. I went in there, like I said, did a little research for myself. I like to do research, test my theories. And I also found something else. You don't really find the children of immigrant status and the grandparents just running around, period. Because for the most part, they're at the house waiting for their kids to, as we say, pat the bricks and turn the corners while the grandmas and the grandpas protect nurture and raise the kids. They don't send their children to the nursery, to the daycare. Their mothers, their fathers raise their children. But the American culture forces its seniors to fend for themselves. You go to the grocery store and you'll see them in their own cage. They don't even have enough handicapped parking spaces for the months of seniors that got to go and do their own groceries. And not to mention, if they can't do it for themselves, they just throw into the nursing home. The United States sent a Census Bureau. I know many of you know about this, and I hope you have done your uh, census. That is definitely due here in a minute, so I just want to go ahead and point that out if you haven't done it. But the Bureau, for those of you who do not know, it takes that census that you fill out, and that's how they understand the demographic of each sector of the States United, where taxes should go, what needs the federal government must take care of in certain communities, so forth and so on. I mention that because the 2010 census showed something staggering. More than one in eight U.S. adults, age 65 or older, were foreign-born, a share that is expected to continue to grow. The U.S elderly immigrant population rose from 2.7 million in 1990 to 4.6 million in 2010. 
a 70% increase in 20 years. 70% increase, 4.6 million people. But you don't see them much of anywhere. I even had an opportunity to swing by. I didn't go in because you know you're not allowed to. And I have a buddy that works in a nursing home, a couple buddies. And as I said, I've been thinking all week. So I asked, I said, how many people in there are not black, are not white? He looked at me and he said, maybe two or three in there are immigrants. But for the most part, most of them are American. So they're not in the home. They're not in the grocery store. Not wandering the streets. They are well protected by their families. That puzzled me. Because, again, if you take one-eighth of the senior population, which today sits at 40.3 million, that's how many seniors are in this world. And one-eighth of that is 5.3 million from an immigrant standpoint. 4.7 to 5.3, some of them are foreign-born, some of them are in America that were born, but they're still of immigrant mindset. The point is, you put all them together and put them in one city, and that would be Los Angeles and Philadelphia combined to hold them all, and yet you don't see it. They're nowhere to be found, and most importantly, grandparents' day, and our grandparents' are not even recognized as they should. I told you about Jesus there. I thought about Easter. I thought about the resurrection story by way of the crucifixion. And something came to mind that I believe just gets glossed over a little bit. Here in a few months, you're going to I'm assuming it's probably going to still be virtual, more than likely. I was reading a report say that uh, if you are thinking about anything in under 24 months, forget it. To somewhere there's going to be this virtual conversation around Good Friday, which will be uh, April the 2nd of 2021, the last seven words. And somebody's going to have about 10, 15 minutes to just gloss right over what I'm about to talk about. Which is, in some cases, if I could just have a moment of personal candor, well, I hate Bible study. I despise it. Because it's seemingly a time to show off. Instead of really building up spiritual strength, instead of really understanding and physically and emotionally and mentally and all the different areas that we can invest in what we're participating or understanding. 
I can't understand how this was glossed over. You have Jesus dying on the cross. Yes, that's significant, but it's not important as what I'm going to talk about. It's very important, by the way. He died for our sins. Without him, there would be no situation for our sin. That's just, that's important, but not really. Then you have Jesus, same man, who knew no sin, but became sin for the justification of the world. Now, again, another important piece. I think it's something that we should celebrate. But it kind of loses its importance just a little bit compared to where my thought process was. Then you have the same guy struggling, his personal struggle accompanied by physical agony. But here's where it got very important to me. Very, very interesting. Here he is laying on this cross. He's being stretched beyond repair. The body is not supposed to be stretched like that. That's a significant part of his agony. But despite all of that, despite his personal problem, despite Father, Father, why thou forsaken me, despite the fact that I am thirsty, Despite even the two thieves that sit next to him and he sat right there and had an altar call. Despite all that, he looked down. He saw a little old lady. I said little old lady because Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, at this time Jesus was 33. Now she had her, she had him at 14, which some have argued was the age between 14 and 16. So Mary was pushing somewhere around 40, 50 years old and I'll stand it. About five more years, she'd be ready for Social Security. Maybe 10. So he stopped. He looked down at this lady. He told his best friend, his favorite disciple. He said, Son, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. And this is where I believe the immigrants. Only 15 seconds left to finish this recording. The devil is a lie. This is where I believe the immigrants got the message. They got the understanding, if you will. To simply leave your message, press 1. To review the message, press 2. To re-record the message, press 3. Don't you love how the devil gets involved in stuff? This is where I believe the immigrants messed up or got the message from. Because the scripture says... In John 19, 26 and 27, he said, and from that hour, that disciple, he didn't take her down to the home. He didn't go look through her papers to see what the insurance policy was, see if Joseph had left for a good endowment. 
No. He didn't even take her back to her house that Joseph built and said, I'll stop by every now and again to check on you, bring you some cheese and crackers. No, no, no. He took her, John did, into his home. And he cared for her in his home. And you never hear about Mary. You never hear about her struggling. You never even hear about her needing anything. As far as I know, you don't even hear her mention in the Bible ever again. But in our society, our grandparents would have been thrown out to fend for themselves. And, and that brought me to another train of thought because I want to talk about how you're thinking right now. I talked about the rejection of the grandparents and I've even talked about being old, the struggle of it. Now I want to get to the the elephant in the room, the meat of the matter, if you will. Bitter. You see, deep down inside, I know it's pretty hard to admit it because we like to be good Christians. But even Job over there, in his struggle, said he was bitter. So if Job is the most righteous man on planet Earth at the time, and dare I say, to this day, probably still holds uh, that book of world record, if you will. If he could get better, then it's all right that a lot of us suffer from being better. But let me tell you why you're better. Because it bothers you. I know. I sit down and I hear grandmothers talk about it all the time. Grandpapas talk about it all the time. You sacrificed everything. Work jobs you didn't have to to provide for children who you've come to realize didn't deserve. You missed class. You could have got education. But you didn't go to make sure they didn't have to miss it. Now these youngins, they can cross the T's and dot their eyes, and they walk around with a little big head, thinking they're better than them. It's better than this back there. You really go back there in the pain. 18 to 30 years of their lives, you raised them. Manage their their affairs keep a solid roof over not not a half roof not a tin roof some of you would testify that you lived under a tin roof with a licky they had to put the buckets there to keep but no you didn't you didn't put them in no tin roof you put them on a solid roof put good clothes on them even if you had to make it but all of a sudden you can't remember how to pay the gas bill you can't remember two plus two is four. All of a sudden, you forgot that the first is payday and the 15th is bill day and Lord have mercy let nothing else happen in between. 
And that makes you bitter because it bothers you. No, you don't have a PhD. No, you didn't attend an Ivy League institution. No, you don't associate with the doctors and lawyers, except for when you were cleaning their toilets and disposing of their trash. You gave everything and now seemingly have nothing left. But I'm a firm believer that God doesn't waste time nor does he waste breath. I'm a firm believer that as long as there's breath in this body, God has a mission statement. He has a plan for you. I was reading over it. I like to read through the different translations because it's fun to me. But I was reading over in 1 Peter 1 and 2 in the, the New Passion Translation. And it says, You are not forgotten, for you have been chosen and destined by the Father. You are not forgotten. You can still cook. Some of y'all can cook better than any young girl I know. I want a pot of stew. I'm going over there to that 90-year-old woman. I ain't going to tell you where she is because she can make potato salad better than my mama can. Might have to hold up to the stove so she can do it, but I'll tell you what, that potato salad will come. And I don't even like potato salad because I don't like eggs. I don't like whatever, all that stuff. You can name the stuff in and I don't like none of it. But something, something that woman do, that little old sweet lady, I eat it. She know how to doctor it up a little bit. I told her one day, we was at church a long time ago, person store, and I'm going to get out your way. But I said, I don't like potato salad. She said, I'll fix you. Little old lady. She came back. I don't know. She sit there sometime with a little tongue hanging out of her mouth. When she's doing it, I don't know if it's a, the, some that might, a little spit in my mouth. I don't know. That might be nasty. But I don't know what it is. Something makes her food taste better than anybody I've ever had. You can still teach. But I want to know what's in that potato salad. And I was just at her house a couple of days ago. She sat down to say what she did, and I can't remember none of it. I should have had a recorder. But how she stirred, you got to stir it just right. You got you can't stir it too much. You can't stir it too little. You got to go in there, and you got to stir it, and then you got to push it in, and then you got to overturn it. And then you gotta, she just went through it. And it was art to it. And art that most of us young people don't have, but you got it. There's something, I wish somebody knew there was something still in me. Is there something still in you? Anybody else got something still in them? <laughs> yes, amen. Anybody, wait, 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 I'm going to say, I got something still in me. I got something still in me that I remember. I got something still in me. And so as I bring myself to a close, I remember watching this PBS show called Waiting for God. The main character was a lady by the name of Diana. I liked her. 
Because Diana was in a home filled with these types of people. And Diana found herself in this home having to fight against the injustices of this community. The show shows about how they took these seniors and they were using them. You know how nursing homes are. We ain't got to go into that. But this one little lady named Diana, she would stand up and she would fight against the people. Anytime there was an injustice, she was their lawyer. And she goes to the doctor and the doctor was trying to use them and misuse them. She was their doctor. She was their power of attorney. And she more importantly made sure that those senior people got respect. I say that because a lot of you on this line, I'm not going to call you out, but you are that Diana. You'll speak out against injustice. You won't not only let them mistreat you, you won't let them mistreat others around you. You are that Diana. And when you think about the world and how bad it is, some 50 million babies aborted since we began the idea of abortion. Close to 500,000 are in foster care with close to 17,000 of them dying in foster care from depression and craziness and other things that are going down there. But if you think about those numbers, I was reading an article and it said, what would those numbers be? If those are bad, imagine what they would be like if it wasn't for a group of people grandparents so today I celebrate the wonderfulness that is grandma and grandpa I appreciate you for stepping up I appreciate you for being a part I appreciate you for living and continuing to live, continuing to support the world by which we now live. And more importantly, by continuing to be the foundation that our young people must lean on. Well, my friends, that brings us to the end of another Sunday meditation. On behalf of the platform by which you're listening, may I thank you. And I'm sure that you have. I'm sure most of you have. But there may be a few of you who have not. You might have just found this, this podcast. Someone shared it with you. One of the faithful few thought that you needed to hear it. If you are one of those persons who are, who are new around here, can I just go on ahead right here and just uh, say thank you for being here? And if you want to introduce yourself, hit me up. Eric Deshaun Barrett at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, new to Sunday meditation, 913. I'll know that, you know, that's where we connected. Maybe we can, you know, get to know each other from there. But for everyone, if you can, 
make certain that you are connected. The platform you're using may ask for you to like, follow, subscribe, add. If you do those things, that'll make certain that we're connected each and every time we do these things. Got a lot of things coming up here. A lot of awesome sauce things. Can't wait to share them with you. But until then, we just part with this. So again, make sure that you're connected so that when the awesome sauce things happen, you won't you won't miss it. All right? All right. I believe we should, you know, get the blessing before we go. So if you allow me to just do that, and then we'll be on our way. hope as we disconnect that this day will be encouraging to you. I hope that the message today showed your significance. It shows your importance. And most importantly, I hope that the message healed your struggles. Yeah, I'm cheering crazy, but you are right. Remember that they wouldn't have that big head if you didn't give it to them. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to scream about them schools they went to if you didn't wash them flows. You are somebody. Amen. 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 Amen.